Winnipeg fans, I hate to say it, but I think the season is probably over for the Jets. In a was in a must-win game against the LA Kings, the Jets came up so short, and it's you know a tale of many of the same problems that have plagued this team over and over again, not just this year, but for like the last three to four, ever since 2017, 2018. It's all the same stuff. We're all very used to it. We'll talk about what went wrong and why in tonight's episode of Locked On Jets, and also go into, you know, what happens down the road. What does this team look like? Is next season something to get excited about? All of this coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at uh, the LA Kings versus the Winnipeg Jets on this episode. Not a great time for the Jets, if I'm being honest. Uh, You know, we've talked about this team many times before, and you're all used to the same problems that we're all used to, but we'll dig into it. We'll talk about what went wrong. Uh, But before we get started, you know, the first thing I wanted to say was thanks so much for joining us and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and as you can see, now YouTube. Uh, subscribing is free, and you know, you'll always stay up to date on the latest Jets news, but most importantly, we just really love and appreciate your support. If you want to follow me, your host, you can find me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. My name is Harrison. I'm a huge Jets fan. And like you, uh, I'm feeling kind of frustrated. It's been a long season and uh, things don't really seem to be getting better. But before we dive into that and, and really, you know, I guess commiserate on what's been a bit of a lost year, I just wanted to shout out our sponsors. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, Jets and Kings, you know, this was a pivotal matchup for the Jets to even consider any sort of a playoff appearance. Uh, This has been, you know, a season in which they've dropped a lot of really important results, sometimes against great teams, sometimes against really terrible teams. The Kings are neither. The the Kings are kind of in the middle, right? This, uh, This LA team finds itself near the top of the Pacific Division, which is that the world's biggest accomplishment? I, I don't know. Um, the Pacific Division isn't great, if I'm being honest. Uh, certainly, they, they have some quality teams. Now, the, the best team is definitely really good. Uh, the Calgary Flames, they, they do appear to be pretty darn legit. The Oilers, um, yeah, Edmonton is Edmonton, right? Same story every year. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, great talent. Leon Dreisaitl, great talent. Kyler Yamamoto, great talent. And yet the goaltending and stuff tends to be one of their major Achilles heels. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year, but, you know, we'll see. The Kings are kind of in the mushy middle. L.A. is a solid squad with, you know, pretty decent defending, uh, you know, a pretty okay offense. But in this game against the Jets, I think it was them being more opportunistic and uh, capable of exploiting Winnipeg's, you know, I don't want to say scatterbrain mistakes, but 
well, it's probably the best way to describe it, to be honest. It's the same stuff that we've seen. You know, the Jets commit a nasty turnover, uh, especially right in front of Hellebuck. Winnipeg gets caught napping on the power play. An unfortunate bounce then becomes a breakaway shorthanded opportunity, and the Jets' track back isn't exactly sterling. Um, and you have to question a little bit some of the effort, right? So, you know, the Kings, they definitely took advantage of Winnipeg's few mistakes. Um, and the Jets in general, I just felt they were they were present, but I didn't really feel that, you know, for at least the first half of the game, they were really active. Now, on the stats sheets, you might see some interesting stuff. Uh, you'll see that the Jets were definitely leading in like expected goals, which that is true. Uh, you know, the first period, I think Winnipeg was what? Uh, 70 to five in shots. Um, and those 17 shots belong to the Kings. So you might say, well, was, you know, was LA really driving that shot differential edge to the fullest extent? Were they creating dangerous opportunities? No, they actually weren't. Uh, it was mostly perimeter stuff. There were easier shots that Hellebuck didn't have uh, as much trouble dealing with. Um, and the Jets' few chances were actually super dangerous. They were right in the slot. Cal Peterson had to make some you know, phenomenal saves, a couple of really good uh, cross-slot passes that were you know, dead on for what should have been uh, tapping goals for guys like Mark Shifley. Um, well, actually, it really was mostly Mark Shifley on that left side. But you know, even for Shifley, he was getting robbed. I mean, routinely, just great save after great save. And so the Jets found themselves in a position where they were actually down because they made a couple of really dumb turnovers. They had the one shorthanded goal. And, you know, they they find themselves down 2 nothing, 2-1. And from there, you know, the, the Jets just really struggled to create. You know, it was one of those situations where, um, despite getting into the slot, despite putting Peterson through, you know, some pretty rigorous uh, shot attempts and stuff, finishing still was an issue with this team. And it, it's been, in, you know, the tail of the squad the entire season. The Jets have had one of the lowest shooting percentages uh, of this team's uh, past few seasons which we're kind of surprised to see because on paper, the Jets really don't have, uh, you know, a, a lack of, at, at least at the top end, a lack of elite scoring. Bottom six, though, kind of a different story. And I think that's probably got something to do with it a bit. But at least for the top six, you know, the Jets should be potting a lot more than they are. And so against the Kings, it, it did bear its fangs again and kind of bit the Jets. I, I think that there were other issues um, aside from the finishing and perhaps the mediocre performance. But, you know, this game did kind of have a shift at some point, and it was once the Jets were chasing uh, towards the second half, Winnipeg kind of woke up, kind of started skating aggressively, and looked like a very different team. We'll talk about, you know, this this different team, so to speak, and, you know, dive into why this continues to be an issue with the Jets. Uh, I think for me, it's very frustrating to see there are, you know, are flashes of brilliance with the squad, and then those flashes are gone. That's it. I think Winnipeg has given us a teaser of what it can be, but, you know, far too often we see what it is. And I think that this game really illustrates that in very stark relief in a way that you can't really dispute. We'll talk about, you know, whether these flashes of brilliance mean anything going forward uh, in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out uh, the wonderful folks at Built Bar. I am personally a big believer in Built Bar. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they're the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate, real chocolate exterior. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, surely a candy bar that's actually a protein bar can't be that healthy for you or taste that good. 
you'd actually be wrong. Uh, I am personally a huge fan of their raspberry uh, dark chocolate flavor. I think that it, it's fantastic. Um, and the interior is soft and chewy. It's got a great filling, but there are also tons of other flavors. There's like a puff flavor that's got some really cool like marshmallow stuff in it. Uh, and if you're into other flavors, they've got stuff like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. You can probably think of all of your favorite candy bars. Well, this one you can enjoy totally guilt-free. Built Bars clock in at 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So whether you're looking for a quick pick-me-up, uh, something for your pre-workout supplement, maybe even a breakfast replacement, Built Bars got you covered. They're super delicious. Again, they're made with you know 100% real chocolate, and the fillings are all fantastic. They can also help you stay on your New Year's resolution track, especially if you're looking to eat right and cut some pounds. If you want to get started and check out Built Bar, go to Built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, talking about the Kings versus the Jets in what was supposed to be one of the most important games of the season. Unfortunately for the Jets, they did fall short, and it's not super shocking you know, we've seen this team uh, many uh, many a time really struggle to create, score, uh, defend, all that fun stuff. Uh, now, there is more to it, and I'll talk about why it was kind of like a two-sided performance in just a little bit. But before we go too much further, again, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I would also highly recommend you check out Locked On Now. This is our super cool program that basically condenses all of the latest news and NHL action into very bite-sized, digestible chunks for all of the major teams around the league. No matter what team you're into, uh, Locked On Now is going to deliver a super great and very insightful, you know, 30-second to minute piece, so that way you get all of the action you can handle in the shortest time frame possible. We're one of the only networks that does this, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platform, just like us, Odyssey, Megaphone, all that fun stuff. Doing so is completely free of charge, and, and again, we really do appreciate your support. Now, on to the Jets versus the Kings. Like I said, frustrating game, uh, finishing obviously a very big issue. Uh, now, the performance in the first half, I would say, uh, felt a little bit restrained, a little bit slower. Despite Winnipeg getting some really good high-danger stuff down low, it wasn't until the second half when the Jets really started skating and finding that rhythm and speed. Once Winnipeg started, you know, stringing together a lot more passes, creating some really good stuff off the counters, attacking the low slot area in front of Peterson, the Jets actually looked pretty dangerous. Now, you know, despite all of the danger and stuff, it was very annoying to have five power plays and the Jets not really score on any of them. I, I know that uh, this Jets power play certainly has a lot of weapons, um, but we only saw power play one for the most part. And by the time power play to whatever get ice, it was like the last 15 seconds where, you know, maybe even the Jets didn't have like zone possession, offensive zone possession. So, you know, the, the second unit goes out there for like maybe two seconds of offensive zone time, by the, you know, the, the time they actually make a, a controlled entry or something. And are they actually going to create anything out of like two seconds of offensive zone possession? Answer is no. So there's no real point in getting them out there. You might as well just use the first unit the whole time. And it's kind of been uh, one of the annoying issues this year that PP1 is just deferred to as like the main unit constantly, and they almost treat the second unit like it doesn't really exist. That for me 
it's not good enough. I think one of the most important things for a power play is a measure of unpredictability. And if you always have your first unit out there and you always have the same uh, staffing unit or like staffing of the, of the unit, guys kind of know what to expect. Opposing defenses are going to have a better time of reading you. Uh, everyone knows that Kyle Connor is the trigger man. Now that he's not here for at least a few games, you could say maybe that's a little bit different, but you know, Mark Shifley, definitely one of the biggest shooters. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, also a very prominent shooter. Ehlers is now on that unit in KFC's place. And while Ehlers definitely has a monster release and actually got to show it off uh, on a number of occasions in this game, still not going to replace KFC, uh, at least to give some variation. I mean, everyone constantly knows the Jets always go to KFC as like their first main shooting option. Uh, and so not using power play two is for me kind of frustrating. I think the Jets need more offensive variety, especially if you aren't scoring. Uh, Cal Peterson was very clearly in the zone. I thought that his, uh, you know, cross lot pass marking was excellent. He tracked the puck effectively. He understood where stuff was going. He kept a very steady eye on it. And when the Jets were creating slot chaos, he didn't really look too bothered by it. I mean, he was making great saves. His rebound control was there. Again, his puck tracking was seemingly, you know, picture perfect. I mean, there wasn't really much to fault with his, with his performance. And so it then kind of falls to the Jets to really find the weaknesses and ultimately get one past him. And they, they did. Uh, they, they got one or two past him, and it was, I mean, it was acceptable, right? Um, Adam Lowry had a fun little goal where he sort of tapped it home after a great setup shot from Billy Heinola. Nikolai Ehlers, again, had that really nasty wrister that, Uh, just totally beat Peterson and caught him off guard. But beyond that, you know, some of the same issues with this team popped up. Uh, A couple of the goals against were caused by dumb turnovers. DeMello unfortunately had one of the worst ones of the night. He had one that should have been uh, cleared out of the offensive zone or out of the defensive zone and instead got turned into an opportunity for LA to score, which they did convert because anytime the Jets ever make a mistake, the opponents always punish the Jets. It just is a fact of life, and I guess we just have to accept it. I mean, there's no other real way to get around it, and I think Winnipeg doesn't really have the roster to uh, get past its own mistakes, and that's kind of been at least one of the major issues this year. Really unfortunate. Really wish that wasn't the case, but, you know, it's in the past for the time being. Winnipeg is going to have to look ahead towards the offseason and try and solve some of this. I think the, the puck management has been super sloppy. Um, the passing hasn't really been ideal. Just a lot of stuff that at a tactical fundamental level, the Jets have gotten wrong. And unfortunately, some of that did in fact play a, a role in this loss to the Kings. So with the season kind of over, you know, what is next for the Jets? And I think that that is still out for discussion. Uh, we'll talk about some of these scenarios that I do think we're going to see in uh, this summer and, you know, in the, the subsequent season you know, what will our September and October rosters start to look like. We'll talk about that and explore that in detail in just a little bit. But before we go any further, just want to do shout out tonight's sponsors at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different sports out there. If you're into hockey, basketball, uh, NFL football, college football, you know, anything you're into, betonline.net has you covered. I've even seen European football and European hockey listed there. Uh, you know, scoring lines, 
all the awards bets you can possibly imagine, you know, who you think might win the Calder Trophy. You can place a bet on that if you want. Do you have some Jets-specific ones you're into? Well, BetOnline can also give you some really specific stuff for individual game outcomes, season predictions. Whatever you're into, BetOnline really does have your back. BetOnline is also all of your uh, is your source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So you'll always stay up to date on the latest trends and track all the action on their app. To get started, go create a free account at BetOnline.net on your desktop or your mobile device and check out all of the latest action from across every sport in the world. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey folks, welcome back to Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight's show with uh, some additional thoughts on the Kings and Jets and really what this means for the uh, the rest of the uh, the season. And it's been it's been a tough one. I mean, this has been a year that's basically been lost and it kind of occurred very early. Once Paul Maurice resigned, I mean, everything just sort of snowballed for the Jets. And while you might look at their recent record and think that things are actually on the upswing, the team itself has actually taken a, a notable step back in a lot of departments. Uh, the PK, which looked to be fixed for at least a little bit and was super aggressive, is now trending back towards being one of the worst PKs out there. The even strength play is terrible, especially defensively. Offensively, the Jets aren't really creating as much as they were uh, last season, which wasn't very good either. Uh, so everything, it, it's its its moving in retrograde directions. So for the Jets this offseason, the priority is a coaching staff overall. I think that is where this team's improvement will really start. They have got to recruit somebody with some really great ideas and a really great supporting staff that can help uh, realize the vision. I think the players can certainly, you know, adapt to new systems and adapt to new instructions, but you actually have to find somebody outside of the organization, or uh, if it's internal, at least somebody with some really great ideas and a fresh direction to start to harness that ability. I I think the Jets, uh, to a degree, have an uh, have an ability to improve internally very quickly, but I would still be interested in bringing in some folks from outside the org who can start to advise the special team staff, look at the defensive stuff, uh, because the existing coaching staff, especially the support staff, I have some uh, uh, you know major questions about their performance and ultimately uh, what they're doing out there because sometimes you'll see uh, defensive pairings that don't really make sense. You'll see special teams units that aren't really uh, being run in the most efficient way possible. And so I think that there's a lot of, you know, small level stuff for the Jets to tweak that could have a major difference, especially at the start of next year. Um, And of course, it will really come down to what the Jets want to do with the roster itself. There are some players who are probably not going to be here. Uh, Zach Sanford, I imagine, probably isn't sticking around. Uh, Mark Shifley may get traded. Seems like he is probably the most likely trade bait candidate for uh, any of the forwards right now. Paul Stastny, I would imagine, is probably going to leave the Jets, maybe even retire. Um, And on the defense, you know, I I can't really see the Jets committing too much into Brendan Dillon. I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up trading him. It just doesn't feel like Dillon has been much of a fit. And he's kind of blocking some spots for some of the left-sided guys to eventually take over. I think Heinle really does have a future with his team. And the only way he's going to get that future is if the Jets start freeing up some contracts and roster spots for him. So, yeah, hopefully Billy can make the lineup. I would hope that he is in the opening day lineup uh, next season. But with this team, it can be hard to tell. I mean, the Jets have really been uh, 
patient, so to speak, with him this year. And I really feel like they should actually just play him and kind of let him learn and, and get used to NHL action because, you know, he's not going to learn these lessons with the moose. Um, as decent as AHL hockey is, it's certainly not the top level of the game. And the only way you can really learn that top level is by getting regular reps. Uh, so that would be critical for Villy. We'll also probably see Perfetti back. It doesn't seem like he's going to be playing this year, but uh, hopefully by the time of next season, he's back. Uh, maybe he'll be part of the top six. I think his gifted touch and passing is really missed. And certainly, you know, the Jets could use a, a little bit more finishing from him. I would like to see him shoot more. I think that would be a great change for him. Uh, he's been in a lot of the better positions, just hasn't really scored much yet. But I think that will eventually come with a bit more time and experience and some additional physical maturation. Uh, and, you know, on the defense, I think Winnipeg has to figure out what to do with Nate Schmidt. Um, Schmidt, I, I think, has really struggled this year, but I, I don't know that it's really all on him. I think that there are some changes the Jets could make to make his life easier. Maybe pairing him with Heinle would be a good start. Uh, but also make sure that you're not asking him to do things that don't really align to the way that he plays hockey. He's very offense first. I think if you let him kind of run free, that would make uh, at least a little bit better use of his skill sets. But, you know, this this lack of aggression from the blue line, the very conservative approach at times, I think doesn't really suit him and doesn't really suit what I would like this team to eventually transition towards. Uh, and the last player that does kind of have to have something decided on is Neil Pionk. I think Pionk has taken a really bad step backwards this year, uh, and it's noticeable. Unfortunately, you know... He might be going back to his Rangers days. I don't know. I hope not because that version of him was among the worst defenders in the entire NHL. I, I can't really see that being the case. Uh, he he did, of course, have a, a pretty nasty injury earlier this year. I believe it was a concussion, if I recall correctly. And, and maybe that's having an impact on whether or not he's really risking grinding into the corners and being like that really forechecking beast that we know he can be. So yeah, that's one uh, that I want to track into summer and beyond. If Pionk can recover his form, you know, the Jets are laughing. I mean, they'll be happy about that no matter what. But if this is what Neil Pionk is going forward, it asks bigger questions about how to make use of his cap space because the Jets need a top four right-handed D. And if Pionk can't be one of those guys, they're going to have to go externally and probably look at bringing someone else in. I don't know even who would satisfy this requirement because the Jets are kind of in a state of limbo right now, but you know, maybe you've got some ideas. Uh, send me a tweet. Tell me your ideas for who should be on this future blue line at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Or if you think it's actually fine as is, also feel free to tell me that. I, I probably won't agree with you, but you know, we can have a nice, fun discussion and uh, talk a little bit of shop about the Jets. Uh, for tonight's episode, though, I, you know, I'm going to cut off my rant here. I, I think you understand my feelings about this team. I think, you know, a lot of you probably do have some similar thoughts. I'd be curious to know, again, what you think about the overall direction of the season and where you want us to go from here. Uh, I would like to bring that up for a future poll. I was planning to do a weekend poll, but unfortunately, uh, time got away from me a little bit. So I'll have something probably midweek this week to discuss You know, the fan sentiment around the team and what they want to see happen with the Jets. We'll probably start as early as tomorrow and maybe talk about the forwards first before talking about some of the other positions and maybe even talking about the coaching staff. But again, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. While you're at it, be sure to make it your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. 
Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.